You know, for a long time, I meant to try Pete's coffee, but just never gave it a chance. But ever since I did, I have a hard time settling on anything less. And there's something to say about a coffee company with such rich history and devotion to bring you that perfect brew. Since Alfred Pete opened his first coffee bar in 1966, Pete's has selectively sourced the finest beans in the world, carefully calibrating each roast by hand and crafting each beverage with the utmost care. Pete's aims to produce fresh from the roaster's coffee delivered directly to your door, sourcing the top 1% of coffee beans, roasted by hand to unlock each bean's potential, and delivering it to you fresh to bring you the perfect cup. With over 30 flavor varieties in both gourmet coffees and teas, like Vietnam Lotus Bold, Major Dickinson's Blend, and Arabian Mocha Java, you are sure to find the right flavor to start your day. And they even come in K-Cups for those of you who live life on the go. Check out all the varieties of Pete's has to offer by following the link in the show notes below. And starting August 30th, you can take advantage of their Labor Day sale and get yourself 20% off anything on their site by using promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout. This offer is valid through September 5th. That's promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase this Labor Day. But why not do one better? Use promo code NEWSUB30 at checkout and you get yourself 30% off of a new subscription to Pete's Coffee. That's right. All the delicious coffee you could want delivered right to your door each and every month without you ever having to worry about running low. What more could you ever need? That's promo code NEWSUB30 for 30% off your subscription. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and today with my girlfriend and co-host, Aaliyah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to 1993. A group of troubled teenagers are led by social workers on a California wilderness retreat, not knowing that the woods that they are camping in have become infested by mutated blood-sucking ticks. Let's get into it. It started out small. It's got measles bumps. It's a tick. Vampires of the insect world. A part of Mother Nature's wonder. What's so inspiring about bugs and insects and snakes? But then they grew. Don't move. There's something on your back. Get it off now! And grew. Just don't touch it if you don't know what it is. Don't touch it. It attacked me. Unimaginable. Ticks do not get this big. Unthinkable. Unbelievable. There's a huge fire. What was supposed to take things in this way? Where civilization ends. 
the nightmare begins. Everybody, get up there! It's not nice to mess with Mother Nature. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. She gonna yell at me. I'm gonna kill you. Why? The, uh, <laughs> I hated this movie. I 150,000%. You watched this as a child? Many, many times. What? All right. Not only am I having a talk with your parents at this point, it is going to be a stern conversation about how I believe... You are more fucked up than you believe than you than you than you lead on. Well, if you talk to my parents about this one, you it'll fall on deaf ears because they didn't show this to me. Your grandmother, your meme showed this to you, didn't yes, she? Yes, yes, she did. Uh, if I remember correctly, she had this recorded on just a standard home video VHS tape. I don't know if she recorded it off television or from like if she like rented the movie and recorded it that kind of thing which you know was illegal but people did it anyway but yeah i i I watched this so many times this movie came out when you were five years old yeah it was awesome you were five years old what what it was sick oh it was (laughs) no i hated this more than arachnophobia i didn't think that was possible i a hundred percent Hated this more than arachnophobia. See, that that kind of it baffles me a little. Because when I watch arachnophobia, that movie makes me feel way more squeamish than this one ever could. Because that one, they actually use real spiders. So, like, half the time you're, you're watching these spiders crawl all over the place and it's like, oh, that's real. In this, there's no real bugs. It's all... <laughs> It's all fake. Spiders don't scare me because spiders, if they bite you, it hurts a little. I've been bitten by spiders before, many times. I used to go to a camp here in Rhode Island called Camp Aldersgate. One year, when I was staying in deep in the woods in one of like the, the, the structures, we had a tick infestation. We had to pull ticks off us constantly. I had to get checked for Lyme disease a couple of times because we would be sleeping in our sleeping bags and ticks would be crawling all over them. When I tell you I hate ticks, I hate ticks. To be fair, you never told me that story. No, never have. (laughs) And it wasn't until I started watching this did I have a flashback to that week of how bad it was. I'm sorry. And I love the outdoors. I do. Like, going out, like, especially right now, being stuck in a cast. I have not left my house. This Thursday will be six weeks. The only time I've left the house is to go to the hospital and to go to two or three doctor's appointments. I think it's only been two doctor's appointments so far. Yeah. I've left this house three times in six weeks. I've been in this house. At least, love- you're, at least you're safe from ticks in here. You realize the phobia is back, and I'm not going to want to go in the woods for a little while. Like, I'm itchy right now. Uh. <laughs> 
You've ruined things for well, me. Well, the movie did its job. <laughs> well, let's talk about this goddamn fucking movie. This is the so, this this is where we disagree. So this week we watched 1993's direct-to-video horror *Ticks*. This is also known as *Infested*. And sitting down to watch this, apparently, this is also known in. I want to say Germany, I don't know the language, as C2 Killer Insect. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean, but (laughs) I digress. This film is directed by Tony Randall. Um, It was written by Brent Brent V. Friedman. Stars Peter Scolari, Seth Green, Amy Dolenz, Rosalind Allen, Alfonso Ribeiro, and Clint Howard. This movie was originally released May 25th, 1994. It was made on a budget of $1 million. I do not have any kind of box office numbers because it was direct-to-video. There's no real way to fully track that. So even the people that created it knew it was shit. What makes you say that? Because it's direct-to-video. We all know direct-to-video is shit. No, not necessarily. Like, in this, at this point in time, people were just making things direct-to-video just to get it out there. So... There's no real way of knowing whether or not this was, like, intended for theaters, but wasn't good enough. So this could have been something that just was made made and put out and hoping to make a quick buck kind of thing. I stand by my statement. Yeah, well, what do you, what do you want me to do? Not make me watch this. This was apparently based on an idea by someone named Doug Breswick. Came up with the, the concept. He supervised the special effects. And he was even the associate producer on the film. The movie was shot in Big Bear Lake, California, Mm. which kind of surprises me because it looks a little bit more like a little further north than that. But I guess it was in California. It does kind of remind me of like California forests. I've never been out. I've never been to California. I've I've never been on the West Coast. It doesn't look like an East Coast forest. And I really did think ticks were only a Northeast or an East Coast problem. I didn't know they went as far as California. Yeah, I I don't know a whole lot about California's actual, like, Mm. nature. Arachnid problems. Yeah, which that's actually kind of funny because... Uh, as I said, the one of the alternate titles for this was like C2 Killer Insect. Mm. Despite that title, ticks aren't insects. Nope, <laughs> I, they I are closer why, to spiders. I don't know why the fuck they would have Because they have multiple that. legs. Yeah. So, give me some fun facts. Well, one, uh, one good one would be that David Gale was originally cast as the, the big villain of the movie. David Gale? Yeah, uh, David Gale is the guy who played the villain in Reanimator, Dr. Hill. The, the dude, the head? Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't remember him that much. Hang on. Images, pictures of him young. Aha! Strong cheekbones. Okay. Yes, I remember him. Yeah, because you made me watch Reanimator. Like, that was early on in the relationship. Yeah, because it's one of my, like, all time favorites. And you have a short movie that's uh, loosely based off of it. I have two. I know. Loosely based off and of it. I love them. That somebody does. <laughs> it brought about the creepy little teddy bears. It did. These teddy bears are amazing. We only have one, one or two left. Uh, I have two. Two. I have a fun fact. What do you got? Amy Dolans. Yes. Her father is Mickey Dolans from the Monkees. Oh God, that's funny. 
I was I read I was reading the cast and I was like Dolans Dolans so I clicked on her name. Sure enough, her father is Mickey Dolans from the Monkees. I went, oh hey. I've seen her in quite a few things throughout the years. Like not never in anything huge. No, but. it looked like her IMDb was mostly like B movies and like she was an actress in some sitcoms and stuff. Nothing like too like concrete. I also didn't realize when I was reading the cast list, I was like, oh look, Ron Howard's brother is in it. Ron Howard's father is in this as well. Yes, so Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother, is he plays one of the Jarvis. The the yeah, Jarvis, the one of the farmers. One of the pot growers. Yeah. Actually the main one that we see we see most in the movie. Their father, I forget his first name, but he plays the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Who, who you see in one scene. Race Howard. Rance Howard, I'm sorry. Rance Howard, Rance. yes. He, he shows up in one quick scene and then he's unceremoniously killed off off screen. Yeah. I guess maybe it was just like a, hey, look, a, a little thing. I guarantee you it was one of those things where they were working with Clint and he was like, hey, my dad can come down for a day if you want. My dad. And he just, he just showed up, did his part, went home. You got any more for me? Try to give you a a uh, a chance to give me some fun facts to redeem this movie just slightly. I mean, other than the fact that this movie was shot in five weeks total, not a whole lot here that's rousing conversation starters. Oh, the main guy who plays Charles. Yes. Melissa's dad. I was like, who is he? Who is he? You said we'll get into it later. The only thing I saw was he was in the TV series Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That was the, like, only thing that I recognized. Peter Scolari. 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 Sorry. Oh, yes. he recently just died. Peter Scolari shows up in a lot of things throughout the years. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is probably the one of the bigger ones that he's known for. Mm. But, but he's shown up in a lot of TV series. He shows up in Blue Bloods. He's in that Stephen King adaptation, Lizzie's Story. He's in the show Evil. These are all recent things. He's been in Law and Order SVU, Girls. Girls, yeah, I just saw that, that he was in Girls. I've always wanted to watch that, that he pl- show. He plays Commissioner Loeb in the Gotham t- uh, TV show, White Collar. He, he's, he's a working actor. He's been working for years. I've seen him pop up in so much. He's one of those, like, when we were kids, I recognized his face. Yeah. So seeing this, I was like, wow, that is a face I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, this is this is one of the the few like film like film roles that I recognize him from. Mm. I, I know he's done several throughout the years, but I don't think any of them really stand out ever. Like he he's not an actor that gained massive notoriety at any point. Yeah, we also get a a fun a fun character appearance here from Carlton. I have so many comments. So many. But when he popped up on screen, I just looked at Sean and went, what the fuck? I remember see, like looking at it going, Alfonso? Why do I know that name? Alfonso Ribeiro. Most famously plays Carlton on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But ever since, his, he's done so much. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Holy shit. And I honestly guarantee you that this was one of those roles he picked up to kind of distance himself from It was in the Carlton. middle of Fresh Prince. But yeah, but like, I think because he had played that character for so long already, 
I think he was like, I, I got to do something different to show people that I can be somebody else. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I love his performance in this. I've always thought he was just like fun to watch in the, as this character. You go from dweeby nerd Carlton to big bag street gang. Um, what what do they call him? Panic. Panic was his name. Yeah. Holy crap! I I will say it's uh it was a different thing to watch him, but I, just seeing him, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a terrible fucking movie. No, was I'm it kidding, really like that him. bad? How many times did I say what the fuck? How many times did I get squeamy? And how many times did I say I hate you? Oh, quite a few, actually. Yeah. yeah, and it stars probably one of my favorite characters from Buffy, Who? Seth Green. Oh, okay. Young Seth Green. This is definitely well, well before Buffy, because Buffy wasn't until, like, the mid to end of the 90s. He's young. He's not very good at acting. <laughs> no, so that's... <laughs> Just the acting in this is... is woo. That's something I noted in the in my notes here, is that he... This is not his best performance. Like, if you look at his performance in this movie and his performance several years earlier in It. So much better. He is so much better in It than he is in this. But I also believe if you're, oh, we're going to do this movie, we're going to hire you. It's a direct-to-video sequel or it's a direct-to-video movie. All of the characters, like, I feel like, like... Um, Howard, I don't remember his first name. It's not Ron Howard. Clint Ron Howard. Clint Howard. I feel like his performance is the only one that actually felt like he put his all into it. Everybody else seemed like they were like, all right. I have a theory okay. on that. While I was watching it this time, I, I kind of tried to look at each of the performances a little bit and be like, okay, this one, like this person's trying, this person's not, this person's trying. And my theory is that like, I think these actors all approach this in kind of a different way. Mm. So it's like, yeah, we're taking the paycheck. We need the money or whatever. We want to work. But I think some of them, possibly Seth Green, I don't know him. He, he I could be wrong about this, but I think he maybe came into this. I want to do something different now that I'm a little older. And I think that like he kind of just was like all right it's made for tv nobody's gonna care nobody's gonna see it so he just kind of did it mm. didn't really try that hard but i think people like clint howard i think it's what's his name the he's one of the lynches barry lynch who played sir mm. even peter uh, Sco, uh scolari i think they all kind of approached it with well yeah maybe it's not gonna be that popular maybe not a lot of people are gonna see it but we're going to have fun with it. Yeah. So, like, Clint Howard, you could tell he's hamming it up. He was riddled with infested ticks. And he was like, yeah, right. Like, his performance was awesome. great. But, and I, I do have to say, Alfonso was doing really good, too. Because he had, he, like Clint Howard, had the part where he's like, okay, here's what's going to happen to you. We just need you to ham it the fuck up. And let me tell you. You could tell he was Holy having fun. Holy shit. But, like, one of the girls... I, I'm sorry. Amy Dolans did not look like she cared half the time. Oh, God, no. No. Even, like, when she was terrified when she found the pot growers building, to me, it wasn't believable. The character of Rome, I hated him. I didn't like him. I just thought he was a necessary, like, oh, he's going to be the bad boy of the group, and that's it. So, why don't we get into the meat of this goddamn fucking shit show, please? So, this movie starts us off with a nice, strong opening title. 
ticks. It literally goes from the studio logo to a big green ticks logo, which uh, I've always appreciated. I like a good in-your-face title right at the beginning. Let you know what you're about to see. <laughs> we fade up on an old shack where we find crazy old Clint Howard's illegal weed operation. Um, we then see that there's chemicals drizzling onto a what we assume is a little tick egg sac. Mm-hmm. Cut to Seth Green's dad in the city, dropping him off at an industrial area. Just, just dropping in the middle him off of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. I have no idea why. And I'm like, this is where you're leaving your child. Yes. There's a tiny bit of dialogue here where you get the sense that he's dropping him off somewhere to kind of get over something. But you don't really know what until later on. Here he meets up with Buff Ghetto Carlton. A.K.A. Panic. Panic. <laughs> Who is like the best character in the whole fucking movie, aside from Clint Howard. They then get picked up by Holly and Charles. And the, here we're kind of introduced to all the the whole cast. Yep. So you've got Holly and Charles, who are the, they're like social workers. Yeah, chaperones, counselors, something like that. Yeah, uh, you get the sense later on that Charles is maybe a therapist of some kind. Because he's like, he's dictating notes into a recorder. Yeah, and it, he's, all the kids that he's working with have really deeply rooted problems. Like, obviously, you see in the beginning that Seth Green's character got lost in the woods at one point, and now he has an absolute fear of the, the wilderness. So he's going on this, his father's forcing him on this retreat to kind of help him in a therapeutic way. Yeah, and that. This is kind of a retreat for troubled youths. So it's like people who have some kind of disorder, like Seth Green's character, I believe his name was Tyler. Yeah. Or just pe- uh, kids who are getting into trouble. Yep. So they all hop into a, a big old van and drive out to the woods. We cut over to back, uh, we cut back over to Clint Howard. Where he's, you kind of get introduced to his character. He's doing work around this little shack warehouse thing. And we see that the tick egg that was being drizzled on is now three or four times bigger. Yeah, it's enormous. I mean, tick eggs are so small. This thing is fucking huge. I think they were, throughout the movie, they're like the size of like a football. Yeah. Roughly. And they're like gooey and pulsating and, and green and slimy oh god it's nummy we need to have a talk when we're done with this <laughs> i will not be eating dinner this evening thank you very much so the the gang uh heads out to the abandoned summer camp where i guess they're, they're meant to do like honest work fix the place up have fun have fun fish, and recreational things and, like, learn kind of life lessons that will hopefully help them set them straight. They're hoping that they... Holly said it best. We're hoping that they're in the wilderness and they bond through nature. Like, they get interested in it. They bond through it. Oh, these kids bond. Oh, they bond. Oh, they bond. In the worst way. Oh, in the worst. <laughs> they trauma bond. They make a run into town or... While passing through town, I think, where they run into who will be our villains of the piece. They're the the pot growers. Yeah. Uh, Jerry and Sir. Jerry and Sir. That's it. Um, We then jump back to Clint Howard. His hamster gets eaten by a tick. 
he gets attacked, mm-hmm. he steps on a bear trap, and tick eggs start falling from the ceiling, and one falls on his face. How do you not know there are almost, like, football-sized eggs above you? Doesn't look up. Well, they are pot growers, so... And he is stoned out of his mind. Yeah, he they is, did, he he, is smoking he, a joint throughout the whole so, scene. So poor, you know, Clint Howard is absolutely stoned out of his gourd. Yeah, so that that's something to stop and mention. This movie is a huge anti-weed movie. Like, hu- like, huge. Like, if you do drugs, you will be attacked by mutant ticks. Don't do drugs, kids. Well, so, yeah, throughout the movie, we're, we're seeing that, that we see a flyer about, like, how weed is bad. And weed is a gateway drug, yeah. We hear a radio broadcast while Clint Howard's working in his shop. From England. From England about the fact that people are making money growing weed and... That America trapping is, their operations. America is ruining the youth of the world through pot. As someone who does medicinal marijuana, I don't know how the whole like anti like pot anti reefer thing happened decades ago. Like I have never ever thought that I would do cocaine heroin, you know, meth. I literally do gummies. I do gummies. I don't like smoking it. I I have a hard time with like breathing with that shit. I take it for pain because I have, I have a chronic illness and sometimes Advil, Tylenol, Bear doesn't cut the chronic pain. Who in their right mind back then was like, pot's a gateway drug? A lot of people, surprisingly. Which I, I'm, I, maybe I'm more naive. And because I have a chronic illness, I use it for pain relief. And that's all I use it for. Maybe I don't have a very addictive personality. I do. And for other things, and we'll get into that. I eat pizza or pasta. <laughs> it's like, it's bad. The, the amount of times I've looked at Sean and said, I want pizza because I've had to be on a low carb or no carb, no sugar diet for the last, what has it been, almost three months now? At least, yeah. Oh, we, we've kind of broken it in the last, like, maybe four weeks since the surgery. But I'm still, we're still doing pretty decent. We're not great, but... Let me tell you, <laughs> I really do not feel that pot was this huge, dangerous thing like like it was made out to be back in the 70s and 80s. I really don't. No, and they they go above and beyond to make it like so villainous in this movie. I mean, for fuck's sake, our villains are weed growers and the chem- chemicals they use on their plants are what caused these ticks to mutate. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the marijuana itself that mutated it. It was the fact that they were using genetic or something steroids to enhance the plants. And it was the steroids that super basically we had roid using ticks. Yes. But it was saying that the marijuana was bad. And I'm sitting here going, this should be an anti-steroid movie. Like steroids are bad unless you need them for medical purposes. Like I, I, it's these it's these movies from like the 80s and 90s that are the anti-drug movies that it's like okay I understand like trying to help troubled youth that again they showed steroids they showed condoms at one point like oh look at this like this movie was like a don't do drugs don't have sex don't be troubled like the message behind this movie made me go what the fuck and I think that might be part of the reason why I didn't didn't really like this movie. I mean, it's a it's a creature feature. It is a it is an adorable little scuttery creature feature. 
It should be. But it actually pissed me off in the beginning. I'm like, what the fuck kind of message are you trying to send with this movie? Um, one thing I would like to stop and note because I skipped over it a little bit. Mm. Uh, while they're stopped in town. Oh, yeah. They go into the store. A uh, bunch of them, a couple of them go into the store, but Tyler and Panic stay in the van. Panic starts rummaging through everybody's bags. Yep. Which is where the, the condoms are shown. He found but steroids in Rome's bag. In Rome's bag, that he finds steroids. Those become important later. Very important, actually. If he didn't have those, Panic would not have. Yeah. Yeah. So, following their stop in town, they're, they're introduced to the camp. Um, where they kind of do that whole, this place is shitty bit, which you see in fucking everything. I hate that. The only reason why the place is run down, there's cobwebs and everything is because people aren't there all the time. It was the same thing when I used to go to, I used to go to two camps. I used to go to Camp Holders Gate and we have a YMCA camp here too in Rhode Island. And both of them, like if somebody's not there 24 seven, like using the place, yeah, nature's going to take back over. Every year you had to kind of reopen it up, clean it up. It's normal. I hate the fact that it's like, oh, the place is run down. Because at one point, Panic was like messing with the sign and it falls down. And it's like, I hate that idea that the woods are run down, dirty, gross, terrible. Like being in nature is one of the greatest things we have. We live in a very, we live in... Nah, I wouldn't say a city, but we live in a very, like, urban area. Yeah. Like, there's houses on top of each other. Like, we live, like, right off of a main road. We're really close to the airport, for God's sakes, you know? And it's really noisy. It's loud. It's annoying. I would kill to live in the forest. So my nearest neighbor is, like, a half a mile to a mile down the road. I have land. I can see nature. Like, this movie is anti so much, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Don't go in nature. It'll kill you. I'll probably kill myself while trying to walk down the, the freaking stairs from my apartment. <laughs> Actually, at this point, I might. <laughs> <laughs> so, while getting set up in the cabin, um, Tyler finds a tick egg sack in the closet. Doesn't know that that's what it is mm-hmm. at this point. But he pokes at it with a hanger. Which I was, I wondered if that was an abortion joke. I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh my god! Because he destroys the egg, so it stops developing at that. Oh. Yeah. I, don't, I I thought it was kind of funny. That's such poor taste. But I am poor taste. I know I've licked you before. Ah <laughs> ha! Um. Yeah. That honestly, that probably was. There was a lot of lowbrow humor in this movie. Oh, there really is. Like. Every kid was the stereotypical problem child of there. You had the ritzy, ditzy, I don't care, it's my daddy's money. You had the tough, bad boy boyfriend. You had Panic, who was like the the gang kid. Well, it was essentially the breakfast club in the woods. I mean, they could have picked better kids. Uh, they could have, but they, they didn't. They this is not. what we get. I'm not saying the actors that they chose were bad, because they... They played their parts decently, but if I had to rate this movie, I'd give it, like, a C. (laughs) So, after he pokes holes in this egg, um, the other guys kind of make fun of him that he has to clean it up. Ew, I'm not putting my clothes in there. Ew. (laughs) They then, uh, we're then shown that there are more eggs inside the walls of the cabin. 
Which I'm, never comes into play. It Oh, no, it kind of does because there are the... The ticks that are scuttering around outside. It looks like in the bigger cabin where they were, they didn't get in. But I feel like there might have been missing footage. Like maybe there were ticks and they just didn't show those or didn't have enough time. Maybe. Um, what was I going to say to that? Nope, lost my train of thought. Boop, boop, it's gone. We're then introduced to, uh, as I said before, Charles's audio logs. Yes. He's like kind of looking out the window, talking into a tape recorder and like documenting his thoughts on how it's going mm-hmm. with the kids so far. It's really not up until that moment where you really have any thought, oh, he might be a therapist of some kind. Because before then, he's just some dude. From here... Tyler and Melissa go out into the woods. Um, They're talking. Uh, He's kind of thinking back to his childhood experience, and he's having, like, a a bit of a panic attack. Mm. And while she's talking to him, she leans against a tree where there happens to be a tick egg. And when she turns around, it's stuck to her back. And there's this whole little sequence where Tyler's like, hey... There's something on your back. I got to get it off. He picks up a stick Mm. and he's poking at it. And the thing, you can actually see like the the tick's legs are coming through the Mm. egg. Through the sack. And they're like latched onto her shirt. And as he's poking at it, trying to get it off, it's it's like pincers come out through the side of the egg and grab the stick. And then and then it drops on the ground and scutters away with a stick in it. But it it makes the noise oh my god oh that's so funny that's something i noted i absolutely love the tick running noises because it just sounds like that it's literally just that little footsteps like oh my god running away it's when okay it's when our cats have the zoomies and you hear them go (laughs) and i just giggled and they kept that running through the whole movie oh it's hilarious oh my god but when it counted the most for them to hear those little skittery le- legs, it didn't make the noise on the roof of the cabin. They're all looking up, and I'm like, I don't hear anything. <laughs> I was like, guys, what the hell? So they get the egg sack off. It runs away. They rush back to camp where they tell everybody what happened, and surprise, surprise, nobody believes them. Yep. Just after this, the dope growers show up at the camp. And kind of warn them all about themselves. Like, oh, look out for the wheat growers around here. They're real assholes. Foreshadowing? Why would you say you're real assholes? I don't know. Like, um, just that whole scene, <laughs> I'm like, how is this necessary? It's not. Why would you show up? Or Everybody was already suspicious when one of you was sniffing Melissa's hair at the rest stop. The only thing I can think is that, like, maybe the point was they show up give them a chance to be scared off. Yeah. Because, like, we, as we learn later on, they're just killing anybody that finds out about them. But even when we get to the vet scene, even the vet was like, oh, yeah, they put steroids on the crops. That's a little secret between you and I. Everybody fucking knows Everyone already. Everyone knows that you're doing this. Like, what does it matter? Ah. Anyway, we cut back to Clint Howard as he wakes up. And finds that there's a tick burrowing its way through his skin. And he freaks out, understandably. He tries to... He's crawling across the ground. This thing's like... I don't know. Like, just... 
It looks like a scarab from the mummy, like moving through his body. It's the size of a chinchilla, guys. These things are the size of a chinchilla. It's fucking huge. It's fucking huge. I mean, ticks, when you see them, like, I, the last time I was bit by a tick, it was in 2019, 2018 or 2019, whenever we did the Witch in the Woods photo shoot. Do you remember that? Yeah. I think one of them got in my backpack with the camera and got out because I was putting stuff away and I realized there was a tick biting me on the side of my leg and I was like, oh, it's too big to be a regular one. So I ended up um, like doing what I needed to, got it out, whatever. And it was only like, it was, I want to say the side of like, the size of like a bead. It was very small. It wasn't a deer tick. It was a normal size tick and it looked like um, it was feasting on me for a little bit. <laughs> but... I mean, I dealt with ticks all of my life. You know, it, we live, what, about an hour away from Lyme, Connecticut. So, yeah. <laughs> like, to us, ticks are a normal thing. But Jesus Christ, the some of these, like, <laughs> the little ones are the size of a fucking, like, gerbil or a chinchilla. I say little one with an emphasis at this point. Because, <laughs> oh boy, you're in for a treat, children. But he, yeah, he crawls his way to... Some kind of, I think it's like a lockbox he pulls it out of, but mm-hmm. pulls out, pulls out a gun and starts to shoot himself to try and kill this thing. And it cuts away from him. We come back to the kids and they're trying to start a fire outside the cabin using a full bucket of gas that they from the van. From the van and matches. They start a huge fire, which disrupts Charles and Holly's hanky panky. Question. Answer. Knowing the children are outside the room, why are you hanky-panking in it? I don't know. What kind of chaperones are you? Like, even the kids at Camp Crystal Lake knew once the kids are to bed, now we can go fuck. Well, actually, that's not entirely true, because if that were true, then Jason would still be alive. Because the whole idea was... We watched that movie, too, and I don't remember that. I thought they went to bed and he was just... No, the, away. the whole idea was that uh, Mrs. Voorhees was mad at the counselors because they were off screwing, not watching him, and he drowned. He also looked like he had no position being in a normal kid's camp. Listen, I don't know what to tell you. It looked like Mrs. Voorhees <laughs> should not let him go to summer camp. She wanted him to be a normal boy. Look, you gotta know when to pick your battles, man. <laughs> that was a lost battle when she dropped him off. So, just after all of this, Panic's dog gets Brutus, gets attacked by a tick, which... I've always had a little bit of a relation to. I had an aunt growing up who had a Rottweiler named Brutus. Oh. So. Like, no, no, Brutus. Um, and we actually, like, see the dog laying on the ground convulsing. Yeah, they think he's having a seizure. Unfortunately, the dog dies. Poor Brutus. And Panic carries it back to camp. He's very, very understandably upset. Yeah, he has, like, a breakdown, that poor kid. And a little later that night, he freaks out. He decides that he's leaving. He's going back to L.A. And he threatens Tyler, telling him that, like, you can't tell anybody that I'm leaving. Mm. Go back over to... Oh, no. Uh, the next morning, uh, they're they're all sitting down to, I assume, breakfast. <laughs> yeah, because the sheriff shows up and like, you want some breakfast? And it looks like somebody threw up in the oh, frying pan. Oh, it's like pan. the shittiest pancakes ever. And he's like, no, I'm great, <laughs> thanks. Little did you know, you're going to die soon. Should have had those shitty pancakes, man. 
uh, Holly asks, asks Tyler to go get Panic. He has to tell them Panic's gone. He left last night. Mm-hmm. They all get kind of upset about it. During this whole thing, Sheriff shows up. They He suggests that they take the dog to the vet just to make sure there's nothing, no rabies or anything like that involved. Yeah. This is the one and only scene that the sheriff is there for, and then he's gone. Yeah. Well, not really. Uh, Charles then hmm, Charles then decides that they're going to take the, the dog to the vet. Him and Tyler head off to town. Following them to the vet, because there's not a whole lot in between that. Mm-hmm. They discover a massive... They discover a mass inside the dog. Mm-hmm. And the vet is trying to take a sample from it, and she finds sees that the there's no blood or fluids in the dog. No, 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 no. She plunges it, tries to take blood out of it, and then the tick just replunges it, just like just no, my blood. In. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's ridiculous. So, <laughs> while she's trying to do this, the thing starts freaking out because. She stuck a needle in it. Yep. And it starts biting its way out of the dog. Oh, it was kind of nasty. And then I think this whole time she's actually like pulling on it too. Because then she rips the needle out and it the tick is stuck to it. The thing freaks out, scares the shit out of all of them, starts running around the office. And then, this is the that's this is the first scene where they're really showcasing that skittering sound. Yeah. They make sure to put like you know on the on it when when we were in, in school they had the chalkboard and where you put the chalk. It was running around on that metal thing going and it was just I was like I can't take this movie seriously at all because this is so funny. And it's got a big needle sticking out of it, so everybody's like, We can't find it. You can't find the fucking giant fucking gerbil sized bug with the needle sticking out of it. Really? You can't see this? Are y'all blind? Eventually they do catch it by stepping on it. And then she proceeds to dissect it, which through this process, she learns that it's a physically altered wood tick that has been altered by herbal steroids that the pot growers use on their plants. Yep. We cut from here back to Panic, who's... Finds a tick on his leg. Scuttering up inside his pant leg, and then it bites him, and then we all know the rules. Do not pull the tick out. Its head will unlatch and be stuck in you. You have to burn the tick off, because ticks can't handle fire, but their exoskeleton is strong enough to where if you try to squish them, it won't really hurt them. Growing up in New England, you know this. Oh, yes. So what does he do? He rips the tick off of him, and the head gets stuck inside. The head's still alive, guys. Like, don't even know what to tell you. You're fucked at that point. Especially with a gerbil-sized tick burrowing in your thigh. Yeah. Oh, in the midst of this, um, two sets of kids separate. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Great. So, yeah, Holly asks the rest of the kids to go out fishing. Yes. And two of the girls actually do go fishing. The other two break off and wander off on their own. They, they, we assume they're going to go have sex. We assume. Surprisingly, there's no actual sex in this movie. There's no sex, but there is scantily gla- clad blonde girl in a bikini top and lots of making out. Yes, I just called her prissy girl the whole time. Prissy? Yeah, I'd call her bitch. She's just the bitch. The, that pairing was prissy girl and hunky guy. Oh, I call bitch and bitchier. Bitch and bitchier. You uh, thought that dude was hunky, really? Well, that's what he's supposed to be. He's oh, no, like, I think Seth Green turned me on more than the hunk dude did. I mean, Seth Green is, is, is a good-looking dude. Hey, dude. <laughs> um, Please don't call me. That would be weird. We learned that the, the mute girl of the group, I forget what her name was. Oh, shit. Kelly. Kelly. She actually can talk, and she openly spills that she was raped, and that's why she doesn't talk. Which I thought was kind of weird. Well, not really, because Melissa was being very hard on Holly in the beginning. Yeah. At one point, like, the dad said, well, I was just really busy, you know, that's why we can't do the fire tonight. She's like, what are you, too busy screwing Holly? And you can tell that she doesn't approve of Holly, because Holly is kind of taking her dad away, but it looks like Holly really is trying to help these kids. Melissa's just very, you're not my mom kind of person. Yeah. So I think Kelly's whole reason behind, like, Holly's a really good person. Like, I'm going through this and she's helping me. You really should open up to her. I believe that Kelly had reasoning to kind of let that trauma out. Besides, like, she's trying, you can see Kelly wants to have a good time and she wants to, like, I want to get to know some people and, like, do something different. That's why I'm here. So, yes, it was kind of weird where she was like, well, I was great. Da-da-da-da-da. Like, okay. Trigger, like, trigger, we're going to have to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this. Um, but at the same time, I kind of understand why she came out with it. Because she's like, well, if Holly is going to be your stepmother, like, you really should take it easy on her. She is really trying to help us. I understood. I, that part I got. It, the more person-to-person kind of stuff I got, didn't understand the mutated arachnids. So, you know, that's just how I feel. <laughs> so, at this point, there's two two sets of two sets of scenes that kind of cross-cut between each other. Yes. So, Melissa and Kelly go fishing. They find the sheriff's body in the lake and his car... Like, covered hit, with foliage yeah, and covered shit. covered with foliage and... There's bullet holes in the door. Yep. At the same time, blonde prissy girl and hunky dude, they wander off. They uh, find Clint Howard's shack, or she does at the very least. And the walls are covered in tick eggs. Like everywhere. Um, She actually, she gets attacked. And I say that in quotations because it's not really attacked. He's literally screaming, kill me. He's asking for help. Yeah, he's screaming, kill me. He's kill got, me. Still They're got his inside. Gun in his hand. I'm infested. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He he's is. got holes everywhere. His face is pulsating. His arm is pulsating. Like, 
there are just ticks littered inside of him. It is disgusting. And she falls, trips over something, falls. He falls on top of her, and he's, like, screaming for her to kill him. And the, the tick explodes and, in his face and lands on her neck and bites. Oh, my God. It was so disgusting. The side of his face blows out, and the tick just latches onto her. And, like, she's like, oh, oh, my God. And she's screaming and running out. And then you see poor Jarvis. Yeah, his name was Jarvis. Put the gun up to his temple and then die. I'm like, oh, it, my God. Yeah, this man fucking, has been through 24 hours of hell. He dies before he can end it. <laughs> oh. Uh, we come back to panic, and he's starting to hallucinate from the tick bite. Yeah. And he he's hallucinating that the the like the redneck pot growers are after him and yeah. it turns out they actually are but you know it's funny on this viewing this was the first time i actually like really i haven't full-on watched this since i was a kid yeah so like this was the first time that i've i really picked up on that the tick bites make you hallucinate the vet like, says it. She's I like, know, oh, but I, it probably gives you, like, one hell of an LSD trip. That's why the dog probably didn't recognize him. But as a kid, I didn't know what LSD was. I didn't understand any of that. Mm. So, like, I didn't really listen to it. Yeah. Now it's like, like oh, oh, that makes sense. I was like, oh, I get it. That's why he's like, oh, I'm in the middle of, like, the scene was like he was back under that bridge. <laughs> like, that... Like, that scene was he was back under the bridge in, like, that urban area, but it was the pot growers coming after him, when in reality, they really were coming after him, but they were in the woods, not in the middle of the city. Right. Like, and it was just, it was a bizarre kind of thing, but I feel like they wove it pretty decently together to kind of give you the context clues that he is full-on fucking hallucinating. Yeah. Because after uh, Prissy Girl... The way they shot it helped, too. After Prissy Girl gets bit... Like, Rome finds her, and he's like, no, no, it's me. Hang on, hang on. But all she keeps seeing is Clint Howard's character, Jarvis, being like, it's okay. Was she Melissa? Nope. Don't remember her name. She's the only character I don't remember. That's why she was prissy girl. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just telling her, it's me, it's me, you know? But in her mind, it was him going, kill me! Like, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, she is hallucinating hard. I was like, that poor girl. Poor prissy girl. (laughs) So the the pot growers find panic in the woods and they're kind of fucking with him they're beating him up uh he stabs one of them in the leg and gets away they chase him he ends up triggering one of their traps which then like one of uh what's his name sir or or jerry 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 catches up to him they have a, a whole fight and uh panic tries to get away but Sir comes out of the woods with a gun and, and shoots, shoots him. him. Shoots him like in the side. He ends up getting away, but and like heading back towards camp. The whole altercation ends up starting a fire, which gets out of control, starts driving the ticks towards the camp. Because the forest fire pushes them towards that way. And if it wasn't for the steroids in Panic's pocket, he wouldn't have been able to make it that far to let them know, they shot me. Don't trust them. Yes. The, so the, the buff kid carries the prissy girl. He's bringing her back to camp, but they actually get met along the way by Charles and Tyler, who pick him up in the van. They all head back. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, from here, we hard cut to 
the night, which is it's like a little bit of a time skip, the ticks reach the camp right at the same time as uh, Charles, Charles and, and the kids. Does. Yep. The they get inside. They start like they we have to get out of here. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. They start packing up all that shit, and the pot growers show up at the cabin, yep. and they are covered in ticks. They let them inside. They get all the ticks off of them, kill them all, and it's kind of a violent little scene while they're doing that. It is disgusting. <laughs> they're just ripping them off and stepping on them. But this quickly morphs into them holding everybody hostage. Yeah. Like, panic shows up. Panic shows because they panic shows up and they're like, "Don't open that door! Don't you dare!" He he's gonna let them all in. Don't open that door. He's like, "I have to. It's one of my kids." Let's him in, and that's when the pot growers realize they're in trouble because Panic is still alive. Barely, but he is still alive. Yes. And I think it's Charles that notices that there's not, like, he's not doing the thing, but he is just covered in blood, which means he's been bit so many well, times. Yeah, if you look close, he's he's covered in tick bites. Yep. There's bites all over him. He's... They know, uh, notice that he has a gunshot wound. Yep. Um, and he unfortunately dies. But as he's dying, he, he tells says, them, they, they shot did me. this to me. They did this to me, yep. The pot grower, uh, sir, pulls a gun on everybody. He st- threatens to kill them all, and essentially. And on Jerry. And telling on Jerry, Jerry he has to go out and get the car for him. Jerry's like, I'm not doing that. He goes, if you know what's good for you, you will, and turns the gun on him, too. I was like, this guy is a douchebag. Yes. A little bit of uh, a panic starts to ensue. Charles ends up getting shot, I think, in the leg or in the Like in buttocks. the back of the leg or the ass. I'm not sure. One of the two, yeah. Um, they kind of start, like, attacking everybody. Yep. One of them... Uh, sorry, no, that's the way I wrote my note. Sir forces Jerry to go out to the van. Yep. So he goes out with like a torch and he's burning his way through the ticks. He gets to the van. A uh, tick ends up biting him in the back of the neck. Real close to his brain. So that LSD starts to kick Work in fast. real quick. Real quick. So the toxin takes over and he sees. Uh, sir as the sheriff like a zombified sheriff and tries to hit him with the van he drives the van into the fucking cabin so now there's a big fucking problem ticks start flooding into the cabin and then, sir is somehow still alive and then the best scene of the movie happens Dude, uh, this ending has been in my head for so long and I have loved every second of it this is the most fucked up scenes I have seen out of all the horror movies that we just watched Hellraiser recently and Hellraiser was a cakewalk compared to this so mayhem is ensuing there's ticks flooding in they're trying they're killing them uh sir is freaking out cause they're getting all over him and he's like trying to throw them all over the place and panic's body starts to Convulse like and twitch, twitch and on the floor. Yeah, and we have no idea why. He just his corpse starts seizing all over the place, and then it starts shifting around like it's being possessed. During this, Charles, Holly, and the kids barricade themselves into a room and start trying to figure out how to get out of there. While, but while they're doing that, Sir, I think is 
I think part of the roof caved in on him or something. The He's... roof caved in, and when he got hit by he got hit by the van, he was injured, so he yeah. couldn't really walk. So he's on the ground. He's he's watching this happen with Panic's body, and then suddenly, no, 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 no! Panic's body starts running around like there's an RC car under him. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I would understand if there were several little ticks under him going. There was not. His car just, his car, his body starts going around like there's an RC car, his legs go up in the air, everything. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. But then. Then. Then giant legs come shooting out of his arms and legs. And ultimately, his body rips open to his, reveal a gigantic mutant fucking tick monster. This thing is the size of a human. His head splits open like the dude's head explodes in scanners, but a lot more slowly. Like, slow-mo and a giant fucking mandible and teeth just come out. And I'm just like... Oh my fucking god. This was disgusting. They literally had to make an Alphonse bloody dummy and let this thing rip his body apart like he was a fucking flesh pinata. It was fucking amazing. Oh my god, it was disgusting. And then a human-sized tick is now scuttering in the one place left that these kids and these two adults can try to escape from surrounded by all these little ticks and a fucking fire. Now, I can't begin to to, to explain the logistics of how this happens. The only thing I can give you is by the dumbest movie logic possible that the tick head being inside of him, the the Many, many tick bites. And the extra all, steroids, All combined I with the steroids that he was taking caused this giant mutation to happen, and it is the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever seen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> We're going to have a serious talk after this about what he Aren't should... are we having a serious sh- talk right now? <laughs> about the movie. We're going to have a serious relationship talk. Well, I'm gonna be single after today, so. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> We're just gonna have a talk about. <laughs> this is gonna come up in the final questions. I have a question for oh, you. Oh boy! Oh boy! So a model of the cabin is being surrounded by fire. <laughs> Tyler volunteers to go out to the van. He says, "Oh, I'm already having. Uh, a, I'm already being triggered by panic disorder in this crowded room, so I'm gonna go." I was like, is he kidding or is he re- being serious? I, I don't know what that was. But in but... Seth Green fashion, it was very sarcastic. But I feel like it wasn't supposed to be. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think he's supposed to be being serious at this point. Um, He ends up like Indiana Jones swinging out of one of the top floor windows. The rope breaks and he falls. He then lights a broom on fire and starts burning away the ticks. He gets to the van. He gets it clear of ticks. Jerry's body is still in there covered in ticks, by the way. Jerry's and he's body's... just exploding ticks in this van. It is covered in blood. It's amazing. <sighs> the He gets the van over to them. They all start to try and pile out of the room. Hunky guy gets bitten because the big giant tick starts to break in. They barricade the room with dressers and a, and a bed and all this shit. And human centipede size fucking tick 
just bare-lasses barbarians its way through the door, grabs Hunky Dude and starts chomping on his ass. Tyler then climbs back up. They toss him the, the broom. He lights or They light it back on fire and toss it up to him. Thus ensues the weirdest explosion because there was a fireball. There was chunks. The cabin explodes. Yeah, he, he shoves the broom into the tick's mouth. They get down into the van. And the tick explodes. And then... The fire gets to the propane tanks outside the cabin, and that explodes while they're driving away. Before all this happens, you have to understand, the scene is Seth Green and Hunky Guy are on the top of the van. The next scene is they drag Hunky Dude in, and Seth Green's already in the driver's seat, and they're driving away. I'm like, did the editors not watch this back and think, huh, there's a scene missing here, maybe we should fix this. Honestly, it was probably something where they thought they had shot everything, but then in editing realized they were missing that moment and just said fuck it they did what they had to so i would have at least like gotten everybody settled had like some ticks crawling on the van looked back and then said it at least give him a couple seconds to get in they might just not have had the footage <sighs> with being with you for so long it is so important to have enough b-roll <laughs> holy There's, shit yeah it is very important to make sure you overshoot when you make a movie overshoot Everything. If you think the budget is going to be X, make it Y and Z, guys. Don't miss half of the fucking, um, don't miss half the, mess the movie up in editing just because you didn't have enough. Even with Hollywood shit, guys, (laughs) Jesus Christ. So they all drive off into the sunrise away from the fire, leaving the ticks to burn. We then transition back to the city where we find the van in a junkyard and a nice juicy tick egg falls out of the bottom of it. Good luck in LA, dude. You're going to get killed before you even have a chance to mutate. Just saying. But that's where the movie ends. Thank fucking God. Something tells me you didn't enjoy this. What gave it away? Ah, like, it's so good. It's so good. Get into your question. It's not good. <laughs> it's This movie is a fiesta of cheesy practical effects that are just good enough to be disgusting, but not good enough to be realistic oh. in any way. Shall we move on to closing questions? Please. Overall thoughts on the film? Hate it. I hated this movie. I hated it. It makes my skin crawl. It... it why did you pay $70 for this film? Okay, so that's something we should we should mention here is the version of Ticks that I own is I actually don't even know. It's the Olive Films it's release. The, it's the re-release that they did a few years ago, correct? No. No? No, no, no. This was the fir- the first Blu-ray release. Oh, because from the production notes the home media notes I see, um, Vinegar Syndrome licensed and released the film on 4K Blu-ray. And, oh. That was recently. All, okay, all of Films Blu-ray was released in 2013. So that movie so, you're holding is nine years old. Yes. That release. So this is the 2013, you said? 2013. This is the 2013 release of Ticks. And when I bought this, 
There was no plans to release Ticks on Blu-ray again. This mm-hmm. was the only existing version you could get. Yeah, you bought this in 2020. Yeah. That wasn't uh, VHS or like a shitty DVD. Yeah. Granted, I really would love to have this on VHS, but we'll, that, we'll cross that bridge when I find one. Um, but, so yes, at the time I bought this movie, I wanted to own it because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid and I really remembered enjoying it and I still do uh, I paid roughly $70 for this copy it to this day is one of the most expensive single movie purchases I have ever bought and you know what um, I don't regret it because I enjoy the movie and I have the original Blu-ray release so okay, have you read here that Vinegar Syndrome is re-releasing the film on 4K Blu-ray, featuring an all-new 4K scan of the interposited film elements, uh, which it discovered the film's original runtime of 94 minutes, with nine minutes of footage that was unseen on television or any previous home releases. Well, fucking shit. That means I have to buy it again. Because you were like, oh, I already have it. I don't need it. I read that and went, oh, you're going to have to buy it. Damn you, Vinegar Syndrome. Vinegar Syndrome's pretty good. Vinegar Syndrome, Arrow, and what's the other one that we buy from? Uh, Shout Factory, Shout generally. Factory. I got um, Fifth Element with Shout Factory. Well, basically, like I, I buy from all of these distributors. Like 88 Films is another one. Uh there's so many. There's so many of these companies that like re-release old movies that nobody has ever fucking heard of. But they try to find the original stuff. They try to find the behind the scenes. They try to find the never find never found footage. Yeah. That's why Fifth Element took so long to come out. It got delayed by the pandemic. But they also were trying their hardest. So I bought Fifth Element. Oh no. Event Horizon. Event Horizon. What is wrong with me? Not this fucking movie. Sorry, Event Horizon. It got delayed. The release was supposed to be March of 2020, but it got delayed by the pandemic, and they made the promise of saying, we found the uncut stuff. We found everything that was cut. We're going to see what we can do about it. But every lead they had was they found film reels, containers that marked it, but they were missing. So that was the first problem that they ran into, and it was this really nasty kind of thing. And it took, what, about almost a year and a half for me to get that? I didn't get it till yeah. like, ju- excuse me, July of last year. So it's, you know, it was rough. But I appreciate these small companies being like, nope, we're going to find this stuff. I hate this movie. I appreciate these smaller companies refinding and re-releasing this stuff. Because, like you, there are many people that love these films from... The eight seventies, eighties, nineties that want to own them on better media. Did you have any favorites? I'm infested. <laughs> and then every time uh, Panic said "sucka," <laughs> <laughs> he just would look at Seth Green's character and go "sucka." <laughs> I'm oh just like, this God. is guys. This is supposed to be Carlton, Mister. Not unusual, like him going sucka. Like it was just this is this is weird. This is very very weird. <laughs> Let me guess. That you don't have any favorites. This whole movie is a favorite. Oh no, I got a favorite. Oh boy. You already know what it's gonna be. 
My absolute favorite part of this movie is the the giant mutant tick monster at the end. Oh, ripping poor Carlton, Carlton's body to shreds. He'll never dance again, guys. I do love this movie, but that fucking moment is so earned every time. Like, it comes out of fucking nowhere, and it's just like, what am I watching? He <laughs> was looking at me the whole time that scene happened. He turned to me, because his chair faces me, and the TV's kind of behind to the side of him. He stopped watching it and watched me, and my face just went, are you, what the fuck am I, I screamed, what the fuck? And he just, he, he laughed. He laughed so hard. I felt just absolutely taken for a ride. This movie is insane. What have you done? But you loved every moment of my displeasure, didn't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Does it work? <laughs> no. <laughs> this movie is 90s B-Raid garbage. But I... Yeah, okay. If you, some people don't like it. My opinion is no. <laughs> nope. Don't like it. Nope. This movie works for me, but I think that's mostly because I grew up with it. Like, I like this cheesy fucking creature feature nonsense. I don't think this will work for most people. Like, I think this is, it's cheeseball effects. It's bad acting. It's not great storytelling. It's very basic. Like, the special effects is what it has going for it. And even those aren't top grade. Yeah, even those are like the, the funniest special effect is the 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 fucking skittering tick and the egg with the stick just down yeah. in the forest. I'm like that was funny, but that's it. I I'm like they do the gag with the needle, and I'm like we already did the stick gag. Like it's a reused gag. They I wish they would have done something a little different, but to each their own. I'm gonna assume you don't recommend it. I. Do not recommend this for anybody squeamish that does not like bugs, spiders, anything. I can tell you right now, my mother skipped our arachnophobia episode. She's going to skip this one. (laughs) Quitter. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, like this one. If you really want to know what we're talking about, because it's batshit fucking insane from start to finish. And that scene where fucking panic gets ripped apart by a giant tick is fucking incredible and just I you want to watch it go ahead I don't recommend this one I would I probably wouldn't recommend this to a lot of people Uh, I'll recommend it to people that are crazy enough to watch it yeah I mean I'll recommend it to people like myself like hey you want to fucking ridiculous creature feature watch ride? ticks yep but I'm not gonna re- but I'm not gonna recommend this to like just any average movie watcher yeah like or somebody who doesn't watch a lot of movies oh like, you like Marvel movies sure watch this n- no like that's not nobody like oh, that oh you like DC like movies this. definitely watch this fuck it's no it's garbage like the rest of the DC movies uh, ah they're not all garbage can you imagine if there was a Snyder cut of this shit it's a four-hour retrospective cut. Oh, God. Kill me now. You're gonna die. How would you make this today? <laughs> Put this on the shelf. Don't re- don't even talk to me about this. I will not redo this. This is a living nightmare. <laughs> no. 
I honestly don't think I'd redo it either. Uh, I think this is something that came out at the right time for what it is. And if you tried to redo it now, you just... I don't know, I think you'd end up overcomplicating it and it wouldn't make any fucking sense. Um, not that this made much sense to begin with. I think it could be redone. It could, and it could be decent. It, it would still be silly as all hell. Mm. But I like it the way it is. So that brings us to, is this mainstream exploitation or other? Honestly, it's the 90s. It's a creature feature. I believe this is mainstream. It, it didn't come out mainstream. It wasn't a theater release. And we don't really know how much it made. And I, before you said, oh, I bought a movie. It's called Ticks. I had never heard of this movie. I'm going to say it's mainstream other. Only because it's not completely mainstream. Because... It's not a people people it's not a movie people were looking for, as in nobody really wants to watch a movie about ticks. But yeah, mainstream other. I'm gonna go with other. Oh, okay. It's definitely not exploitation. It's a made-for-TV movie hmm. or direct-to-video movie, essentially. So you'd think that if it was meant to be direct for to video, they would have just gone all out. You would have gotten tits. You would have gotten Honestly, everything else. why didn't they sci-fi channel this shit? Essentially, that's what it is. It's like it was made for television, so they skittered around any like censor swearing yeah. or fucking anything else. And it it honestly hurts it. Like it could have been at least a little bit more impactful. This should have been over the top, campy as fuck, and it was. Pretty much almost like a movie or a film release. Yeah. But it wasn't as... So I'm going to put it under other because it, it it wasn't made for main like mainstream audiences. It mm. was just made for whoever wanted to fucking pick up a copy. Rent it in the video store. Although I could have seen this in Grindhouse. In a Grindhouse in like the 60s and 70s. This is that type of movie that I think they just put on and be like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, I agree. Like, if grindhouses were still a thing, this is something that would be shown in them. Mm. But, you know, to kind of give credit where credit is due, a lot of stuff was being made at around this time for video stores. Yeah. So that people would go into a video store and just rent whatever They'd was there. They'd have like four or five of these copies on the shelf or maybe one or two and be like, oh yeah, this looks interesting. I'm just going to rent this. I.e. probably what your grandma did. Probably. Like, oh, this looks interesting. Let's give this a go. And thus little baby Sean watched it. All right. Well, I think that brings our discussion on ticks to an end. Absolutely. 100%. But don't go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned for the coming attractions. Inspector Morosini. I want to know everything you saw and heard. I can't pin it down. There was something wrong with it. Something odd. There is a dangerous maniac at large in this city. Do you really love me? Sure. 
Just before we closed, we saw that painting that was in the window. Did you make the sale? I know. Uh, the poor girl did. Last night, a blonde, 28, lived alone. The press are beginning to put two and two together. They think they see a link between the four murders. That's why he's trying to kill me. This damn thing is turning into an obsession. So, we watched Suspiria ourselves not something we did for the podcast yet I think this is going to be another giallo type film but it's an argento film crystal plumage now what is it called what bird with the crystal bird plumage. with the crystal plumage I just call it crystal plumage most people do I saw this one the cover of this is gorgeous. I bought this at the same time that I bought House because I really wanted like Grindhouse era movies. And this one, you had looked at it and went, oh, I would love to own that film. I don't know if you've seen this one, have you? I have not. Ooh, so we don't know what to expect out of this because I don't know what this movie is about. Do you know what this movie is about? I do not know a whole ton about this movie. Uh, I know... Very little. I've seen a couple of little clips. I know that it's a Giallo film, but I have not watched this one. I wish I had sooner. Um, <laughs> there are a significant number of Giallo films that I have not seen yet. Okay. I've watched many because I do. I love the Giallo genre, and this is one I'm very excited to see. I think this is one of the few Argento movies I haven't seen. Okay. I am looking forward to it because when I said, oh, hey, there's a Blu-ray release, a special edition Blu-ray release on Amazon of Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Do you think I should get that? And you were like, oh, how much? I was like, oh, it's only 40 right now. It's on sale. Your face lit up. You were like, ooh. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to buy this. So this is the first Argento film or giallo film that i own this is mine yes it is but it goes in the archive it's, it's ours so i'm actually really looking forward after this cheesy fucking extravaganza of skittery creatures i'm very much looking forward to seeing this because your mic is facing the wrong way oh it's because <laughs> she pulled it yep. shit uh, i can fix that so okay. don't worry about it but i am very much looking forward to watching this because we watched we wa- we watched the beyond first yeah you fucking cats get down we watched the beyond first which i wasn't sure what i was expecting out of the beyond and i've always seen the the 
previews of the remake for Suspiria, and I never watched the remake for Suspiria yet, but we watched Suspiria and good lord, the colors are beautiful. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that's really a trope of Argento's, and he carries it through most of his filmography. Mm-hmm. Never to the level of Suspiria, but it's always pro- the color is always prominent. I'm guessing that's why Suspiria was redone, because how popular Suspiria really was. Suspiria, it's popular for a lot of reasons. Visually, uh, the soundtrack for it is fucking amazing. Do you own Suspiria on vinyl? I don't, but I want to so bad. You know, I think we should start looking into getting some Giallo soundtracks. Oh, God, I would love to. I think it'd be nice to uh, try and tame some beasts in this house with some mystical music. (laughs) Our cats are absolutely driving us nuts right now so I think we should wrap this up yes I think that brings our discussion for today to an end if you want to keep up with everything we're doing follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast we're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast you can find us on Discord where you can chat with Leah about basically whatever the hell you want Yeah. all the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes Listen to us, give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. New episodes come out first thing every Monday morning. If you like what we're doing and you want to show this show some support, you can find all that information down below as well. We've got a Patreon. You can support us directly through Acast, possibly get yourself some upcoming exclusive content. Yes. I cannot wait to get that started for you guys. We have actually been really planning and getting ready for it, and I am I'm getting excited. I think it's going to be pretty fun. I think I'm, dare I say, getting psyched. He's looking at me like I'm crazy. Get psyched. No? All right. Uh, <laughs> I think I know what you're hinting at. There we at. go. There we go. Until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thanks for listening, and keep watching. budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.